Hey, podcast people, how's it going? This is Azarin, the language nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Um, today is going to be a lazy podcast episode, meaning I would like to walk you through some of the things that I've done today and share some possibly mundane observations. I think they're mundane, but I, I do think that sometimes looking at things that are mundane, I think that can be very valuable. Sometimes we overcomplicate language learning, and in fact, we overcomplicate life in general, but some of the best magic can be found in the mundane. So the first thing I had today was a class, a 45-minute class, where I taught Gujarati to an adult. And one of the big things standing out in that class is that for specific people as well as specific languages, sometimes there will be different things that you tend to focus on more than others. So for Gujarati, for instance, there aren't that many learning resources for the language. And when I come across very motivated learners, which Gujarati learners are often very motivated because it's not a, number one, it's not an easy language to get into, meaning it's not something you see advertisements for, it's not a widely learned language. So you would really need a specific reason for wanting to learn it. And so often Gujarati learners are very motivated. But because there are no resources for Gujarati learners, people often have to figure out how things work in Gujarati. How does the grammar work? How does the pronunciation work? They sort of have to figure it out on their own. A lot of things anyway. And so whenever I teach Gujarati, often, not always, but often one of the things that I find is grammar becomes a big part of the conversation because they were able to figure out a lot of conversational things or vocabulary related things, but they could not for the life of them figure out what the difference is between the word who and the word me, because both of them mean I. And they couldn't find anywhere on the internet that talks about Gujarati being a, a language with cases and how that affects the language and what that means. So that was something standing out in that class, that in different languages, as well as for different individuals, sometimes you need to focus on different things when teaching. And if you're the language learner, you might choose to focus on different things, depending on you as the learner, as well as what language you are trying to learn. So there's that. After that, I had a break where I took some time to eat. I have the same, relatively speaking, the same breakfast every day. I always have some chai. So if you don't know if you don't know what that is, it's a type of tea from India. It's like a milk tea. I have that. I might have some toast. I'll always have something that's high in protein, whether it's eggs or something like that. Um, I'll often have a little bit of curry at breakfast time too, which is an unusual decision I find for many, but I'll have some curry as well. And I get really weird with my curry. So sometimes most people have curry with rice or maybe some naan or something like that. I will often have curry plain and I'll mix in some nuts or something into a curry and I'll eat it with a spoon. So instead of putting rice, I'll mix in like pumpkin seeds or something and that becomes my rice. It's quite odd, but I enjoy it and it's, it's a good way for me to get in certain nutrients sometimes if there's certain nutrients I'm lacking in a day. And uh, I am reasonably health conscious. And so that's a fun fact about my breakfast. So that was my breakfast time today, about 11.45 or 12 p.m. Because I do sleep late, as many of you know. I'm a night owl, so I eat breakfast quite a bit later. Uh, after that, I, taught, I did a level assessment. So 
I've been learning a lot about level assessment. So I have a really in-depth level assessment form that I use. But one of the mistakes I've made recently is I realized that in order to do a very in-depth level assessment, it, it can take a long time, way longer than what is actually necessary with people. Meaning it might, it might maybe it should take an hour and a half to do a really in-depth level assessment. But I've realized that for most people, you don't need to do an, a level assessment that is that in-depth. So one of the things that I've learned recently, and this is what I did today, is it's important to identify roughly what the level is, which can be done pretty quickly. That can be done within like five minutes, five to 10 minutes. You can figure out roughly what someone's level is. Are they an A1? Are they a B1? Are they a C2? Like you can figure that out pretty quickly. Then what it's important to look at, and this is what I've been doing, I think it's important to look at the different requirements to reach the different requirements to reach different levels of proficiency. So maybe there's a requirement around being able to talk about things in the past, or there's a requirement around knowing family vocabulary or whatever it is. So then you start to look at those requirements and you figure out which requirements actually matter to the student. Because most students, at least that I come across nowadays, are not ones that are learning to pass a test and they don't have to know everything that would show up hypothetically on the test. They want to know very specific things. So once you figure out roughly what their level is, then you can start to identify which elements, which subcomponents of that letter, of that letter, of that level, you should be working on. And so that was something I did with a student earlier today. And uh, I have to send her an email with uh, basically outlining what kinds of things in specific terms she can be doing to work on some of the gaps that she has. And this is a particular student who likes to get very specific with her learning and she likes to have very a very structured approach to learning languages. And well, I can get pretty darn structured for people that need it. Next, I taught another class, uh, two boys. I, I taught them French. It's a short class, only half an hour. And something standing out after that class is um, <clears throat> when teaching children especially but adults too well, let's say children especially let's focus on children for now a, a theory i have right now is not to rely on children's memory when teaching children what does that mean well when you teach an adult you can use an adult's memory as a learning tool meaning i don't know how to put that any other any more clearly than that but you can actually utilize an adult's memory as a learning tool. You can ask them to think back to the previous class to see if they remember how to say something. And you can give hints to help them remember. Children, you can do that too. You can absolutely do that. But children are not as good at learning things in general. And so sometimes you have to use different types of strategies to help them remember how to say things. So for instance, for kids, one of the things I've, I, I've been doing a lot recently, which I didn't do as much before, is to start classes the exact same way and to start classes with the exact same questions, with the exact same visuals for those questions. And I ask them those questions every single class right at the beginning. So these two boys, they're very beginner in French. Every class I ask them, what's your name? How old are you? Uh, what's what's your, What school do you go to? What grade are you in? Every class, that's how we always start. And I have the same visuals to help them remember. And I don't actually necessarily expect them to remember, but, but it's not like an adult where I might actually wait and have them really think or look at their notes 
to figure out how to say what I want them to say or to understand what I'm saying. The children, I'll wait a lot less longer and I'll I'll help them a lot faster. But we're trying. I'm every single time I have that same routine, and I find that's been quite helpful for a lot of the kids that I teach. My next student didn't show up, so I took a one hour or maybe a 15 no 45 minute break. She didn't show up, so I took I did a little bit of work and then I took a break for 45 minutes. She forgot we had class. Um, I then had an initial meeting with another student for an hour, a new French student. I teach, or rather one of my tutors teaches her daughter, but the mom, so the student wants to learn French now, she has about a B1 level, so intermediate, low intermediate, and we mapped out her study plan. It was interesting to look at her, it's interesting to look at personality and personality differences when someone's learning a language as well as their life circumstance. So this particular student is doing her master's as well as a yoga, a master's degree, as well as a yoga certification course. And so, and she also, well, uh, she's, how do I say this? Well, there's other things I can say too, but I don't want to express them clearly. Long story short, you know, she's going to be dedicating a lot less time to learning languages than other people. And also you have to realize that when someone's learning a language, even though technically you, or, or even though you might have more time than someone else, in terms of dedicating toward another language. You also have to realize that it's not just physical time, there's also mental space to look at. So some people don't have the mental space to do something for one reason or another. So she was interesting talking to her. She doesn't have the mental space to do things that are incredibly mentally challenging in French at the moment. And there's a variety of reasons for it. So that's something to think about. And that's something, that's something that I think about when working with students is to figure out, okay, well, this person's not going to have the mental space to do X, Y, Z. So this is how I'm going to modify the program because of it. And as a learner, if you're a language learner listening to this, that's something for you to think about. Maybe there's things you have to modify for yourself, right? Based on X, Y, Z factors. After that, I had another meeting. This is a phone call with a possible French tutor. One of the main focuses I have I've had for the past week and probably will for another week at least, I would think, is hiring. I'm, I'm in a big recruiting mode right now and I'm hiring people because I'm at capacity with certain languages, meaning I, I, it's hard to take on new students. So for instance, I need more in-person French tutors in my city. I don't have enough capacity for in-person lessons. The same goes for Spanish. And so I've been on a heavy recruiting kick one of the things that I do, and this may be something you can do for your life too, is I will, I'm a very structured and very organized type of person. So something that I do, I'm actually looking at it in front of me here, is I have my day-to-day -day life. We all have our day-to-day -day life, but I will pick one to one to two, sometimes three, but usually one to two behaviors that I have to do every day that are not part of my, my typical day-to-day -day life. And I do them every day as if it's a religion. Like I, I get very serious about it. So right now I do two things every day, every day, and it's without exception, two things every day that will allow me to find the tutors that I need to hire. Two things every day. Could be post an ad online, could be reach out to two of my friends that maybe know someone. It could be whatever it is, two things every day. And that's been something I've been doing. I've also been doing something similar. I'm actually going to look at my notes here so I get this right. 
I've also been doing that for uh, promoting my business. And so one of the ways that I've been doing that recently is I will reach out to five people every day. I'll find French, Spanish, Mandarin, whatever language learners on Instagram. And I basically send them a direct message and I go, hey, like I have these products that I sell. What I'm looking for is I, I actually just want more people to start using them. I was looking through your account. I think it can help you for X, Y, Z reasons. So if you think you'd want to actually look into this, you know, let me know. I'll, I'll give all this to you for free. Um, and so I've been doing that five people a day and it's kind of a, there's a bit more to it than that, but, but that's the gist of it. That's the gist of what I'm doing. And I'm with five people a day and that's been uh, a, a kind of an extra lead source, funnily enough, because those people end up well, it's a win for me because what I have them read through, what I send to them, what I'm having them look through makes them a better language learner. So no matter what, them just even looking at the message and looking at the things I send them immediately makes them a better language learner, number one. I've been getting great feedback on that. Immediately, that's been great. And then second of all, a lot of them start to use my resources. So that's great for the Calgary Language Nerds brand. I'm going to reach out to them again in two to two months or so, three months, check in on how things are doing. Right? And how, how's it going? How's the learning going? Check in with them myself. So it's good for my brand overall. And then I've gotten a couple of leads because some people that while they're looking through it, right, they'll be like, oh, look, they actually have classes. Oh, look, they have this product. Oh, look, they do this. And then they might ask about something. So it's been like a, a, a lead generation source. It's been great for the brand. In the long term, I think it'll be a great lead generation source too. Some of these people are going to be leaving reviews of, of my different products that I sell. Um, so that's another thing I, I've been doing every single day. And yeah, I suppose we can move on from that. There's other things I wanted to say on that topic, but I think that's too many tangents. So then after that meeting, I uh, had a bit of a break and I made some content. So I made some TikTok content, um, made something on Instagram, making this podcast here. Uh, something that's standing out. It's a very mundane observation, but... Uh, you know, the TikTok I made was just sharing a weakness that I have. It's a pretty mundane weakness, but it's crazy how it's the mundane, the mundane weaknesses are very difficult to actually share and express out loud. So I shared on my TikTok, I said, and Instagram, no, just TikTok. I shared that, oh, and, and I did on Instagram, actually, I did. I shared that one of my weaknesses, especially in a work context, personal too, but I really noticed it at work. Uh, actually, I noticed it personally too. I noticed it everywhere is sometimes I'll take way too many words to say something that is actually reasonably simple. Like I go on too many tangents. I struggle to always sometimes articulate myself as clearly as I'd like to. And it was crazy how difficult it was just to say that out loud. And I was like, man, such a mundane kind of weakness and it's really hard to share. So that was an observation I wanted to share with you guys on the podcast today. Although there's, there's, there's a certain power, there's a certain not power, there's, a certain, there's something kind of liberating when it comes to sharing a weakness like that, even if it's mundane and small, there's something very liberating about it. So maybe that's something you want to work, you want to try out as well. Next up, now we're at kind of, you know, next part of my day here is I've got uh, a meeting with a potential new Spanish tutor. Uh, he used to work for me about four years ago and uh, he had quit four years ago because of various reasons. But uh, we reconnected and looks like might, he might be able to resume some of the teaching he used to do. So that's really exciting. So I do need another Spanish tutor. So that's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be starting up in about 15, 10 minutes here. And um, we'll see. 
yeah, we'll see kind of how that how that plays out. And then rest of the evening is up in the air for me right now. Like I've got a list of things I have to do. I'll actually read it to you. Um, I've got a document I want to send out to a person, to a company actually. I can't give too many details on it, but one thing I'll say that is standing out to me about this document is if you can, I think it's important in a work, wait, I shouldn't say that actually. Let's say the following. I think it's important to express very clearly very in very clear terms what you want whether that be out loud to someone or even just for you to be very clear about what you want i think that's very good that's a it's a great idea the more clear you are in what you want the more likely it is you'll actually be able to get what you want so it's very important to be clear on that so i've got something on my list of things to do that i have to send to someone there's someone i want to send this document to that i believe can can be a very positive thing for my career so that's going to be a lot of fun. It'll take me some time, but that's on my list. Uh, I've got some Duolingo events to post today, which I, well, I'm not sure if I'll do it today. We'll see. But I want to do a, some additional free classes that I personally teach. Um, one of the marketing strategies I use for my business is to do to basically do as much as I possibly can for free and use that as a, as a lead generation tool. Then people like me, they trust me. They tell me about, they tell other people about me. And in the short term, it doesn't always lead to a lot of sales, but uh, if I can, it, it leads to trust I find with other people and it gets me networking with all sorts of people that I wouldn't have met otherwise because I never have expectations of people actually buying something from me. We can actually develop a good relationship. Um, and so I try to, I try to be as involved as I can in doing good work for free for other language learners so I'm going to be doing some I'm going to be doing some additional events on Duolingo events that'll be good got to clear my emails that's good lord I've got 107 emails right now I'm just looking at them right now 107 emails to clear out so that'll be that a fun little hack that maybe will interest you again we're keeping these really mundane but maybe there's, there's some gold to be found in this mundane life so one thing I do is I actually might my, my email inbox that is not organized there's a setting in gmail where you can organize your email inbox not by the date you receive an email but it organizes by unread so if you leave something unread it stays at the top of your inbox so because of that i treat my email inbox as uh, my to-do list because i'll just leave a message unread and it stays at the top of my inbox so i know i have to deal with it i also bcc i copy myself on any email that needs a follow-up so if I email someone something and they have to reply to me, I copy myself on the email. So that way, if they don't reply, I'll see it in my email and I'll notice that, oh, that person didn't reply so I can follow up. So that's a little organizational hack that maybe you can maybe you can use. I've got to schedule some feedback with my tutors. I'm doing a lot of feedback with my tutors nowadays. So I got some I got some scheduling work to do on that. Also have to look at some of the class recordings my tutors have sent me for me to review and perhaps some feedback and such, possibly modify my program or whatever needs to happen. Uh, I've got a couple of Spanish leads, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not just Spanish, actually, a couple of leads in general that I need to sort out who the tutor is going to be. So that's also on my list today. I'm eager to find two more Cantonese students. I have a Cantonese tutor. I want to find them two more students. So that's on my list to do some work for that. Got to do some payroll today. I need to send another company. There's a. I'm really excited. I might get a pretty big contract with another, edu, another company in the ed, in the education space. So I've got to send over a couple documents for that. That'd be a really cool contract to land. 
I think a mundane thing that stands out to me about that con about what I have to send for that pot of possible contract is often just doing the little things on a day-to-day basis and doing as many little things right is a really big component proponent or component proponent it's a really big component of success but not just success but even just having a stable life a stable life with good mental health i think one piece of that is just doing the little things right on a regular basis so for example like i just sending that email on time you know replying to a text message in a timely fashion um if you say you're going to help someone on a certain day to go help them on that certain day if you make a promise keep the promise like the little like to cross your t's and dot your i's i think is one element of having a stable life i think at least for me i don't know for others but for me that's definitely something that comes to mind um so yeah i got to send that over to them cuz i said i would and then i have to send another document i have to send a proposal to another company that i've been trying to angle essentially i mean essentially i want to get some work with this company but basically in my what i've decided i've i've got this whole document that i have that lists out my kind of my goals and what i'm working towards and what steps i have to take and things like that uh i've re- one of the things on my thing here is is uh i have some financial goals for myself and most likely the way that i mean most likely the way it's going to work out is that i'm going to have a part-time role that i'm well paid for at another company and i'm going to run the calgary language nerds So I'll probably run Calgary Language Nerds like 50, you know, 40 hours a week and I'll have some 10 to 15 hour role at some other company that I'm well paid for. That's very likely how this it'll end up working out. There's a variety of reasons for that. Part of it is just kind of how I like to operate and my personality things like that, but so I spend some time regularly trying to get part-time roles at companies that I really want to work at. So a great example, like and here's a meta example. Like I am a teacher in a school right now. Like I teach in a school. Uh ends up being one well, not including travel time and stuff. It's about 9ish out 9 10 hours a week. Um right that's completely separate from my business. Like I'm teaching, but it's for a different it's for a school. Completely different from it is my business, right? Quite separate. Um or even like this a couple things I have to send off today or this weekend. Um they're going to be very different. They're going to be like operations roles if I if I can actually navigate my way into the into their company. There'll be like some 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 form of business operation role. I have another company I'm kind of courting at the moment and trying to getting a sales role. So basically whoever offers me something first, someone's going to. I've got one got like two or three real solid leads that one of them are going to give me something. And so whoever gives me whoever offers me something first that really aligns with what I'm looking for is what will you know I'll take so I think like a mundane thing to point out something it's not that exciting but it's a little very grounded piece of advice I suppose um is for me and this this works for me I don't know if it works for you too but for me I believe it's important even when you have your full-time income secured to always have your eye out and looking at other companies other opportunities and always be putting out feelers and taking on part-time little roles here and there cuz you just don't know. You don't know if something else will interest you. You don't know if a little part-time side gig you had turned and turns into something way bigger. You just don't know. You just don't know. I think it's important to always be trying out little things. It doesn't even have to be professionally by the way, even personally. Trying out different hobbies, 
um, going to different places, changing your routine up every now and then. A little bit of switching things up is a great idea because you never know what happens. Like God, the number of really good things that have happened to me because of something I could have never predicted is pretty nuts. Like I think it's important, maybe a good way to put this is, I believe it's important to put yourself in positions where you might get lucky and something incredible happens. So in March, I might have, I might be contracted. It's not set in stone, I'll find out in a few weeks. I might be contracted by a company that's got a, so I might be contracted by a company that will possibly get a contract with the Canadian government and the contract they would get to work with the Canadian government and they would need my help for because it's a French component, I would essentially be face to face with the top government officials in Canada, like some of the top, top military people or, you know, people in the Canadian president or prime minister's like inner circle, like very, very high up government officials. Now, I can't pitch them anything, nor do I want to pitch them anything, but that puts me in a position to get lucky that maybe I meet someone, you know, for in, as a part of this job, eight months later, coincidentally, I meet that same person again and they're like, oh dude, it's you, oh my God, we met eight months ago, that's so cool. And then I get some really cool job because of it, right? Or even things like, um, God, it could even be personal. Like I sometimes, I've been doing this more often, like I'll just go to random events alone in my city. Why? Because I might meet, God, I might meet my future wife there. Who the hell knows? I might meet a really cool business acquaintance. I'll reach out to people. I reached out to a cannabis guy in a cannabis space the other day. I was, I messaged him. I kind of saw him online somewhere. I was like, hey, he lives in my city. I don't care about cannabis at all. I, I, I don't, I barely drink alcohol. Like I don't do weed, like nothing. But I reached out. I was like, hey man, I mean, I see you're a business owner in Calgary. I know nothing about the cannabis space. Literally wanted to, you know, say, send me a message, say hello. How long have you been doing what you do? How does, what, what's it like to be in the cannabis space? What's that like? Doing those kinds of things I think is great because it opens your, it opens, it opens the door to random, very positive circumstances that you could have never predicted. That's how I view it anyway. All right, well, let's wrap it up here. I mean, there's more I could say, but it's 5.30 and my meeting, my meeting starts now. So I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and um, we'll speak soon. Bye for now.